I'm the mom who knows nada. My name is Brianna, and we're bringing Dr. Sarah Stone back for the second half of her interview all about sex. So let's talk about it. been cleared by my OBGYN to have sex. Okay. We're going to, we're going to go down that path. Um, I've done all, I've done my six week recovery. I'm fine. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> I can, I can have, have sex now. Um, let's talk about how a healthy public floor, um, can influence your bedroom life. So when all of these memes, when you see somebody like they're, 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 they're like, I want to have, have sex. And they're like six weeks after having a baby that you can just, um, go and, and have, and everything should be the same as before. It's just ludicrous. <laughs> so it's just absolutely ludicrous. Like, um, Statement. things have changed. And, and so I think just accepting first feeling safe in your body and understand what's going on with your body is the is the most important prior to um you know here's the best positions to try or here's the the best magical lube is you really need to understand and feel safe in your body um because even if you're not thinking in your head um you know it, do i look different or am i um is this going to stay forever is my partner still attracted to me is you mm. is do i is it going to hurt? Like from a primal level, your body might be thinking some of these things. If, if, uh, there are changes down there and especially if you're not sure what's going on, right? Like if you haven't, um, if you don't feel that comfortable with your body. So I, I first just want to give permission to anybody that is listening that just felt like they should be able to just, you know, snap back into it. And they're like, Oh, is it my libido? Is it my, the hormones? Is it my partner? And I'm just too busy. It's, it's no, there's, there's, a whole progression that needs to exist there for everybody <laughs> that you're just not Amen. getting. Totally. I like that. I like that you said that. Um, is it really, and this is probably a loaded question, um, and it's because it's a generalization, but is six weeks really a, a healthy timeline after birth to have sex? Have you had any injury to your body, like a, like a, you hurt yourself. You fell really hard in your butt. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I had surgery and stuff like that. Yeah. How long did it take for you to feel like you didn't have to think about that body part anymore? Not that I still think about that body part. Okay. So everybody is is different. The answer to that question is everybody is different because healing, it happens in many places in your body. It happens at Mm -hmm. that direct place. The, the, um, the healing has to happen in the way that you think about that area of your body. And so for somebody that mm. hasn't, um, so everybody is different. And to say that six weeks is this random number that we're going to give to people, um, that have been, that have been through a physical mm-hmm. injury, you know, 
regardless how the baby was delivered, something in your body has now changed. That varies from person to person. And I think it's a lot of pressure on a relationship to say like, oh, honey, six weeks, he's going to be here tomorrow. And, you know, that type of thing. If we set these expectations that that's exactly when someone's libido and their safety in their body mm. and their sexuality and their um, erotic exploration is just going to want to launch off. For some people it is, and they couldn't, they can't wait. And maybe it's even increased. Um, but that's not the case for every single person. I like that you said that. And I kind of figured that would be the answer, <laughs> but it is, it is, it is interesting. And you know, no offense to OBGYNs, um, that we have just, this is like an, I, you know, six weeks are good that you get your checked out, you know, maybe longer if you've had stitches or that, that kind of stuff. I think it's, you know, it is interesting to have, okay, you, like you said, I, I had a shoulder injury and, and I had a first rib resection and I still like, um, and that was 10 years ago and I still favor it. And that's part of the reason I have like a lot of tension in my neck, but to this day, I'm still very cognizant and aware of this injury and that I have to be mindful. Like I have to stretch, I have to do yoga. Otherwise it, you know, triggers a billion other things, you know, mm -hmm. in my body. So, so there you have it. So it's interesting that here, oh, well, now you can be like pounded by your husband or your partner or whatever, however your, your intimate life looks you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> in six weeks, you know, after you've shoved this thing out of your vagina or had your stomach cut open or excuse me, it's not really your stomach, it's your lower abdomen, but you get the picture. Uh, so yeah. I, I like that. I like that you said that. And I think that there's um, a lot of assumptions made too. So there's an assumption mm. when we say, oh, six weeks, you're fine to what that person, mm -hmm. what that person enjoyed sexually prior to, um, and wants mm -hmm. to enjoy after, uh, and, and being able yes. to open up that conversation. So are we talking about insertion? Are we talking about oral sex? Are we talking about no toys? Are we talking about being a little bit rougher? Are we talking about being really mm -hmm. gentle? Like what, what is fine? <laughs> Yeah, I think that is so important too. Like what, what I liked, and if I'm getting a little bit too much people, I'm sorry, what I liked prior to my son being born, what I like after has shifted a bit and it, and, and I didn't lose my libido during pregnancy or in postpartum. Um, but I understand a lot of my friends did, you know, uh, and it takes kind of time, you know, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically to find yourself again. And I think what's important, um, you know, again, I'm a novice, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a therapist or anything, but for me, what has helped is communicating things with my husband. And, and, and I mean that sincerely, like, you know, as we're recording this, a couple of days ago, you know, I took a trip and I came back and I was exhausted and he missed me and he really wanted to be intimate. And I was like, you know, I just can't today. Like I mm -hmm. cannot have sex with you. Not because I don't want to, not because I didn't miss you, but like I am drained from this trip. You got to give me 48 hours, you know, like, mm -hmm. and he is very respectful, you know, in all that stuff. But I think sometimes you think about that, like after carrying this baby, you might not be there for like for your partner whoever that whoever that may be for you and i think that's really important yeah. on that note for couples who struggle with during and after pregnancy to regain uh, intimacy how do you support them or help them navigate that i think that's a great question um so i have a 90-day program that Ooh. i so i because i really believe in in this small group environment for this because so many people oh, think awesome. that they're alone in that experience so it's so i we start with safety so i 
I touched on this before, but I, tr there's so much involved there into understanding what's going on with your body, um, understanding how to communicate, uh, different things like what you're getting at to feel safe in that, to feel safe to say, oh, these are things that I, that are different before they maybe mm -hmm. are now to feel safe to explore your eroticism. But a lot of that, I actually work with the person independently first. Mm. I think that it's important to be able to feel embodied and safe and explore your own sexuality and eroticism by yourself and define that for yourself. And then you, you can do that work with another person, um, to work on pleasure and, and sharing that some, huh. that, that, um, part of yourself with another person. So, um, a lot of the work in the beginning is focused on yourself because that's really going to enable you to explore, right? So we start with safety, then eroticism. Yeah. So once you feel safe in your body and healed and all of those things, then you can explore your own eroticism because not everybody, um, there's so much work there. Like I could talk about this forever. So cut me off if I'm I, going I to feel like I can listen to this. Okay. Forever. This is amazing. There's so, <laughs> keep going, keep going. There's so much work to do there. Just going to give one, one common uh, thing I hear in, in the eroticism piece. And it's, you know, I have the time to have sex with my, my partner. I really want to have sex with my partner. I'm feeling pretty good in my body, but I just feel like, I don't know, just like not turned on. I don't know why. Mm. Just it makes me feel guilty. I feel like I should, like like you know my baby. I mean, well, what did you do right before you had this time set aside to be intimate with your partner? Like, well, I just put my baby to sleep. I'm like, so you're telling me that you're not turned on after you put your baby to sleep? Like, what was sexy about that? So, how to <laughs> right? I, I mean, that <laughs> there's nothing sexy about that. Exactly. Maternal, like you don't want your maternal energy for your partner. Yeah, so it's like, so we have, everybody inside of us has this, like, I call it your fireside, but we name it, right? Mm. When we're working together. And this part of us that wants adventure, that wants um, mm. sex, that wants, and for some people that's turned off when you haven't worked on the safety pieces, right? Um, but for a lot of people, there is this fireside that they want to connect to and they'll tell me, oh yeah, that part of me when I was single or before I was a mom and how to connect with that while also uh, giving both a voice, the mom voice of, mm. you know, you're not going to uh, not do your responsibilities if you explore this there's you know um how to give those both a voice and find balance in this new version of yourself that you weren't before you weren't you know it's for, mm -hmm. especially for new moms so that's just one small 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 piece in the eroticism work and then we work on exploration with a, another person to be able to express yourself in that way and what that looks different how to how to have some context um, uppers. What I mean by that is how, you know, if putting the baby to sleep isn't doing it for you, but you like to feel, let's say spontaneous, how you mm. can schedule sex, but make it feel spontaneous. You know, how you can, if you, if you realize through all this work that, you know, you like to feel you're overwhelmed and you know, what really turns you on is somebody orchestrated some of these things for you. Right. And, and so how you can, can communicate that to your partner so you can explore sexuality in a way that makes you feel the way you want to feel. Mm, I love that. I think that's so 
I think that's just incredible insight, you know, like if you're not comfortable with like who you are and what you want. And I, I think sometimes, you know, we get embarrassed about that. So I like that you say you're doing this journey with the independent person first so that they can feel comfortable and confident to relay that to their partner. Um, you know, because I think sometimes if we want something different than what we did before, we might feel awkward about it. But, you know, like for me and my husband, like this is the person I chose to be with. If I can't be myself with him in every capacity, like that there, you know, there's I feel like there's more problems there <laughs> than, mm -hmm. than just behind the bedroom door. You know what I mean? Um, again, I'm not a therapist. I am just a human being giving my perspective. Um in relation to women and postpartum, what is important to remember about sex after baby? Like specifically things like hormone changes. We can, you can even go into like postpartum depression or anxiety, like financial mm -hmm. pressures, stress fears, like whatever, however you want to riff on that. Um, you know, I, I feel like so many of those things impact our libido, whether we realize it or not. And again, I'm not the doctor here, but, um, I, I feel like we could, maybe we could talk a little bit about the, how certain things could impact, um, the sex life, um, after baby. Sure. So do you have another five hours? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, crap, maybe we should save this one for a different day. Yeah. Um, because you're getting to, to my point of the fact that there is so much that can affect those things. And yet people put a lot of pressure on themselves often that, um, and on the relationship, like, let's say that something isn't feeling as comfortable as it was before mm -hmm. physically or emotionally, that that's just supposed to not be that way. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think the first step is giving yourself permission to explore these things that it's not being selfish. Um, it's not taking away from your ability to, to be a mom. Um, and I'm touching on that because I hear this a lot. Um, it's like this feeling of, um, not being able to, to it, the, like that feels selfish but then when i when we do this work it's like the people will tell me yeah it's helping me with my job it's helping me with mm. you know to feel more confident all the endorphins that you get out of exploring your your sexuality mm. in this way and feeling safe in your body there's so many benefits there beyond um the and and in your relationships of course but there's so many just just uh independent variables there too no, totally. I mean, I knew that was a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would be happy to answer any, like any part of it. Um, I'm trying to think of the best, like succinct way, like right after Let's you have do a baby. Let's focus on like hormone changes because okay. I feel like, you know, if we're talking about moms and women, like there's a bazillion things that do go into our libido and our, and our sexual drive. But let's talk about like in your experience and how you help someone with like the, these hormonal, like, like shift, like you carried this thing for 40 some weeks and, you know, mm -hmm. anywhere between 38 and 42. Right. Uh, and now this thing is out of your body. And so that hormone shift. Yeah. And, and then now you got to care. Like, there's just so much just in hormones. So maybe we could just tackle that one. For now. Yeah, yeah. So the the hormonal pieces, you know, that is a great 
uh, you know, OBGYNs and uh, nutritionists will really help to balance your hormones and things mm. like that for people that um, are experiencing, you know, extreme versions of low libido or depression and apathy, which is real because of those hormone changes. So I would say, uh, a big part of my job is to screen people for that because people feel very comfortable, I hope, right? I, I hope I'm giving you that uh, impression to talk to me. Um, and so they're talking to me and, and, and um, really screening for, for signs of um, apathy and depression in general and just lack of interest in the mm. activities that you were um, enjoying before. And so some of those mm. things is a balance between medication changes and um, dietary changes that can balance your hormones and things like that outside of uh, the uh, pelvic floor and other libido work that I would do. So I definitely help to screen people for those resources and, and know the best way places to go. Um, Cause it's not always so, so, how to put this any type of mental health uh thing is never so apparent i don't know about you but i, mm. I i've struggled with um depression for like a month in my i never had it before for a few months i was feeling really depressed and i would say i don't feel depressed but i felt that like sense of lack of apathy and i'm a really excited yeah. person i'm always happy like i'm always like really yeah. like maybe not happy but always really excited for life um, and excited to yeah. try new things and for me that part of me felt like dull and that was how my my that that formed for me and so i think just giving yourself mm. permission that it might those type of um, experiences might not look for you the way that you envision in a movie. It might not mean that you're crying for five days. It might mean you are. It might just, it might look different in terms of what that presents like. Yes, I love that you said that. I think that's so important. And I like that you are sh sharing, like, that's something you look for and how you work with other people and their expertise to get better, you mm -hmm. know, whatever that transition might look like for you. Uh, how do you, what do you tell your clients or what insight do you offer when someone might feel discouraged about their body or intimacy after this new organism has come to life? <laughs> yeah. Discouraged about their body or their intimacy. Mm -hmm. So from a, um, discouraged about how, it, about the appearance or about the yeah. function of it, like how it All feels. Both of it, you know what I mean? I think, I think sometimes we have an idea that, you know, we go on the six week thing and, you know, you know, whether we want to admit it or not, there's a lot of media, social media movies out there, celebrities, or, you know, even maybe we have friends who bounced back after baby. So we physically feel gross. You know, me personally, I'm still 20 pounds over my pre-baby weight. Mm -hmm. um, I don't feel unsexy at all, but I know people who have, and I, after baby for the first year and a half, I did feel kind of like, ugh. Who is this woman? I can't believe I can't lose those 20 pounds, blah, blah, blah. And then I, I remember for me personally, again, just making it personal, because um, that's the only experience I have is mine. It's um, great. I love it. <laughs> I do remember feeling like awkward having sex for the first time, like that, you know, insertion, you know, into me was like foreign, you know, mm -hmm. in, in, in a way. Um, post baby and I was really nervous about, you know, if I was going to be like too open or hopefully my dad does not listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. but, um, you know, like you have these, like these, you know, 
I guess, societal like implications. Like after you, you know, push your baby out of your vagina, you're you're mm-hmm. not going to be tight enough to like fulfill your partner. Um, you know, if mm-hmm. you're a, a female and a male um, setup, I don't know <laughs> if like I'm a I'm, I'm a heterosexual woman. So, and then you just feel like you're you don't bounce back after baby, uh, and so both of those things, you just feel like, am I good enough? Like. How do you would you direct somebody that like me who felt that way postpartum um, to like re-engage? Yeah. Um, so I think just touching on one thing you said just about gender, right? So that all, so I do help all genders and all genders do experience these things, but there is a unique um, experience to the identity shift of somebody that has now delivered a baby, right? And so Mm -hmm. um, things that people will say to me are, you know, I just want to feel, and I'm putting in quotes here, normal, or I just want to, mm-hmm. um, you know, I want to be able to do the things sex is so prevalent in our uh, society, and I just want to be able to do those things that I see. Um, I want to be able to give that to my partner. Um, I, it's always something that's always on my mind. It affects me mentally. Um, and so in order to reconnect to your body and to feel safe and confident with it, I, you have to go through that, um, that progression. So my, my formula mm. for good sex, if, you, if you're ready, if you, everybody has a pen. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hold this, on. Let me go on. Okay. <laughs> the formula that I, that I say, you know, good sex equals safety plus context and, um, arousal. So basically Mm. the prerequisite for good sex has to be safety. It has to be, it has to be, you know, understanding what's going on with your body and, and those thoughts that are going through your head, because if you ignore them, they just grow. Right. So really, Mm. really pinpointing them, working through different strategies to start to feel embodied. Um, and, uh, and that this is express your sexuality in a, in a way that might be different than it was before. And then from there, really working on the eroticism pieces and what that means to you. So even just touching on the word sex for a second, mm. um, I like to branch out of what, how we define that word, right? So a lot of people mm. say, I wish I could have sex. And I'll say, well, what does that mean to you? What is, what does sex mean? Um, and, and they say, okay, well it's, um, you know, insertion, there's a penis and it has to be inserted inside a vagina, that's sex. And I say, okay, well, what about, um, you know, people that are in same sex relationships or what about people that physically can't do that anymore? Are they having sex? And so when we, what we can learn from that is there's so much exploration that could be had that when you take the pressure off of maybe one thing that's feeling uncomfortable, um, and it can actually be seen as an advantage, right? So, so instead of feeling like you are worthless or worth less, um, is what I was trying to say for, um, not being able to do one physical experience, if that's what's going on or not having the same high libido you had before or for whatever change has changed with you, how you can actually use that to explore other things and what sex means to you, right? So there's so many erogenous zones in our bodies is from a physical standpoint, but just mentally, right? So I'll ask them, well, what is good sex? 
So if you're listening, think to yourself, like, what is good sex to you? Right. So think back to your life, the best sexual experience you've ever had. And it doesn't have to be with your current partner. Don't have to tell me, um, but just have it in your head, whatever it is. Um, get really visual, uh, where you were, what happened, how you felt, whatever it was that popped in your head. Don't judge it. Uh Just put it in there. And then we go through it and they'll tell me, and they're like, yeah, it was so great. It was like, so spontaneous. You know, I met this person, you know, this is just one random example. I don't know. We're going to get to go to fantasy land here. There was one, I met this person and like, they just kept eyeing me and we were flirting and it wasn't, it was so out of my character and they kind of were, uh, you know, maybe they, they were a little bit bossy or they let me be, whatever it was, they'll say all of these things. And then I'll ask them, I'll be like, well, you do realize you never mentioned the the thing that you're feeling a little bit insecure about, like the insertion or whatever. Or I'll say to them, you never even mentioned orgasms. Like you never, you know, mm. what you're, the things that made it the best sex to you was how that, how you felt, right? So you can reconnect to all of those things while also healing your body physically um, and mentally in safe ways, right? So you can mm. feel all of those, those things that really turned you on with your partner. Um, once when you're able to identify and let yourself go there and explore all the different sensations and sex, you know, things that you can try that are fun. I love that. I love that. I lo- and I like that you say like, maybe we need to redefine sex, you know, and, and- and since we're speaking mostly to postpartum women, um, that might look different for you more than six weeks afterwards. And I think that we have to be okay with that, that transition time, you know, and allow ourselves that flexibility to openly, honestly, and safely communicate with our partner about what we need postpartum, uh, and about what they can expect from like, you know, setting, you know, I don't know about setting expectations, but because I feel like those might change day to day. I know they did for me personally. Um, but also trying to get our partner, like having that clear, concise communication so that, you know, you do feel comfortable in whatever Mm -hmm. sex looks like for you, especially in that immediate time after baby, you know, I'm saying like after six weeks when you're quote unquote cleared, mm-hmm. um, from your doctor or whatever, like it can be different and that's okay. You know, I, I love that you're, you're highlighting all the different ways that you can explore sex and how you can get to that moment, um, where you do feel aroused and it might, and however that looks for you at whatever point in time, I think that's fabulous. And it's like such a good, uh, advice and just like insight for, for someone to have. Yeah. Now, I also want to highlight that you, you you specialize in all genders and all sexes and all different types of relationships. So I think just because we are talking in this moment about things as they relate to like maybe a heterosexual couple or, you know, partners who just had a baby, whatever that partnership looks like, whether it's, you know, a surrogate, whether it's one partner giving birth or adoption, whatever, um, you cater to all different types of individuals on the gender spectrum and you can help a variety of people in whatever their sexual relationships look like Is yeah that right a hundred percent and you know cool. even, and we're not that different so here's a good um here's a good, <laughs> i like that right? we're not, we, we put like everybody that. in these binary boxes Amen. but we're really not that Amen. different um, Amen. um and so here's like a common one for example right i'll hear this one a lot it's 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 with um, people's partners. I'm going to say with, you know, um, people will tell me that oftentimes their husband, you know, 
that they're the ones that's feeling hesitant. They're like, oh, I don't want to hurt the baby. Or that mm. they're the ones that, that, um, that libido that's has good. changed because they're tired or because of all of the same reasons that, um, that, that things might have changed, not the same, but for the person who delivered the baby, it could be, you know, there's other factors physically and, and hormonally and all those type of things, but there are still a lot of changes for both people. And so mm -hmm. I think a good start is, is, is checking in with some of those misconceptions. That's why in that safety piece, that's a big part of it is, is really going down those misconceptions. You know, how is that mm -hmm. person defining their that ability so let's say um you know a, a lot of husbands in general tend to and i'm making some some stereotypes but our our society has put people in these boxes where where when someone identifies as male they feel a lot of pressure around sex right to be a, a, mm. a man means that you are like great at sex and then let's say for whatever reason things are changed you're uncomfortable and it has nothing mm -hmm. to do with them or it does they might be feeling some sense of oh like like what am i doing wrong this sense of fix it i have to mm. fix it and then the more that they say is this okay is this okay then you start to feel a little bit guilty or just not sexy because it's like you don't want to feel like is this okay like in the middle of yeah. um you know intimacy <laughs> and so it's like how to check in with partners differently so it's so there's so much involved with everybody regardless of your gender we're all more similar than we than we think <laughs> I love that. I think that's great. Is there anything else in, in the, I mean, this is, a, these are loaded topics, mm -hmm. um, especially the sex topic um, and sex post baby and what that looks like and intimacy and eroticism and how that's all intertwined. Is there anything else you'd like to cover? So anything we missed? Um, I, I do just want to point out that these are really unique conversation. So I just want to thank you for putting aside the time to do this. I it's it's interesting because even if you go to a public floor physical therapist, oftentimes it's almost like if you went to somebody for tennis, but they were they didn't ask about tennis. And then if you wanted to play tennis better, you never really talked about tennis. You never really played tennis. You were like talked about how you like to play tennis, if it was fast tennis, slow tennis, whatever. <laughs> and um Ooh. and so I'm really glad that you are opening the conversation up about tennis. And and <laughs> that's why I, you know, really worked towards uh, the sex counseling piece to combine these things because I want more uh, people to have access to this information. And um, I'm really glad mm. that you had me here. I'm actually even today. So when this was recorded today, so um, it, but it might still be there in my Facebook group. It's uh, called Better Sex by Sarah S A R A. I even tonight I'm doing a Facebook live all about C-section and sex. So I go Ooh. into each one of those topics that you were talking about in that group. Um, because that information, like uh, on, you know, you can find a lot of good information about the pelvic floor, but I feel like in regards to that and sex, it's actually pretty difficult yes. to find information. That's not, um, uh, pretty heavily focused on certain, uh, it's not really open towards people that might have have or have had pelvic floor 
issues. So I'm just really mm. glad that you're having me here. I love, um, I'm, I, if you can't hear it in my voice, how passionate I am about this. <laughs> like, yeah, I just love helping oh, people love with it. these things. And, um, I would love to have any listeners in my Facebook group, um, or to reach out to me anytime and, um, and, and talk more about these topics. And I love it. Oh, I love it too. And I love, I do love, I can feel your energy through the screen. So I think that's just really something that, you know, any potential client or somebody who might be thinking about um, issues they are having, whether in the bedroom, whether if it's peeing, pooping, whatever, just if you're curious to see if you, even just to see if you're okay and you want to find Dr. Sarah, she is based in Northeast Florida, but you can find her at confidentpelvicrehab.com. And again, her Facebook group is Better Sex by Sarah. And that again is spelled S-A-R-A, Sarah. Yes. And she is on Instagram at Dr. Sarah Stone, S-O-H-N. Yes. Uh, if you're looking for her and some of her stuff, it's it's actually really fascinating. And I think it's really important. Um, you know, we are, I think sometimes we forget that we are animals and we are primal and we do have certain, you know, arousals that come up and I think sometimes we repress those you know and from from the mom perspective because that's kind of what we talked about today you know sometimes like how can I be this like kinky woman you know who mm -hmm. wants her ass slapped or whatever and be a mom you're, you're both yeah. you're, you can be both and I think that I'm just saying that from somebody who's you know still in that self-discovery post baby phase as well like yeah my son's almost four but I find new things out about myself all the time and I just think it's really important that you are the woman you were before, but now you're, you're married to this new version of yourself, but you can be both. You can be mm -hmm. the woman you were and a good mom. And I, I think sometimes, you know, if you're craving sex, you know, we, we don't want to talk about certain things sometimes, like all of that is okay. You, mm -hmm. you know, and if you're curious to learn, like seek out a doctor or a sex therapist, or I should say sex counselor, if that's the correct term or a pelvic floor therapist so that can help you better understand the nuances of your yeah. body because again bio 101 here is as far as i got so with, <laughs> so with sex counseling um the work that i do is actually it's international so even in the group um, mm. we have people uh uk and italy that's awesome. and so um oh, I love that. for a one-on-one oh, that's amazing yeah so for one-on-one pelvic floor physical therapy my office is in jacksonville florida but i do see um a lot of moms and so most of the follow-ups for moms are um, telehealth so they can like be holding yeah. their baby and all those things while we're doing exercises and things so I really try to adapt it as much as possible to make um, it as comfortable for everybody and uh, can fit in their schedule and this was amazing I'm so thankful that you had me here um, oh, so feel free I'm so happy to have you and for you <laughs> so too to have you. we'll have to do this again after you know we um, oh, yeah. after uh, we talk more too about um, some of the topics you brought up because I, I loved how vulnerable and honest you were because that's what we need in the world is people more authentic and talking about these these uh, issues absolutely well this is dr sarah stone again you can find her in northeast florida or on facebook at better um hold on i gotta i don't want to fuck it up um better sex by sarah is the facebook group it's nice yeah. To know that you, yeah it's nice to know that you have like an international reach too i think that's really important i'm the mom who knows not a they call me Brianna. This is the Mama Knows Not a Podcast. And until next time, have fun learning all the things you didn't know you needed to know. 